Hey guys, it's Casual Friday, and that means it's Nancy Matt's Friday. And today's topic is, are you struggling in a relationship and you know it? Well, uh, Nancy Matt's does have some answers for you. So we'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, whoa, wrong light. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the show. See, that's what happens when there's no spotlight. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of sunny, well, not so sunny right now, Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need or you think you have a paranormal need, we can help you out. It might take us a while to get to you. California is like this really, really huge state. But we will be able to help. You know, we will get you. And in the case that we can't get you right away, we have three, four, or five um, sensitives, sensitive mediums on on, set, on staff, and they they'll usually give you a phone call, kind of gauge what's going on, and if it is paranormal, in most cases, they, they can settle down what's going on until we can get out there and, and, and do our thing. So uh, that's how that works. Now, if you want to find us, it's really easy. Just Google California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team or California Haunts Radio. And we will just pop right up on Dr. Google. All right. Cool. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Um, I, I just bought some more WD-40 because, obviously, my chair is acting up again. My poor, poor, hapless chair. And uh, I'm going to have to spray it again every, every time I move. But anyway, that's besides the point. You know, if you're watching from Facebook tonight, and a lot of you are, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. Also, during the show, feel free to make comments in the chat room. I mean, Nancy and I are here to answer your questions, and uh, also, and leave us a thumbs up, all right? Leave, leave us a thumbs up, leave us a happy face, leave, leave us a heart, because what that does is uh, Facebook uh, computer has what they call the, the FYP, and that puts us higher in, in the computer algorithm, which means it distributes us out to more people, right? Just like along that line, too, if you have somebody at home right now that's kind of sitting in the other room and not doing anything, bring them out to listen to the show. That's how we get the word out, by sharing, right? Sharing the show. So do please share, 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 share. Same thing with YouTube. If you haven't uh, done so already, we have more than 900 videos sitting over there, all of this show, and uh, all kinds of different topics. Nancy Matz has her own folder. Cry you know, cryptids have their own folder, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot, there's a lot to choose from over there. And uh, if you haven't subscribed already, please feel free to do so. You know, we're trying to build up our YouTube audience and hit that thousand mark so we can really start rocking and rolling uh, with stuff. But, uh, yeah, please do. And uh, uh, talk about the RSS. Everybody that's out there tonight who, who listens to iHeartRadio and uh, Apple and all those places on the RSS feed, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're near 11,000 downloads. 11,000 we're going to hit tonight. And it's because of you guys, and I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate your interest in the show. That being said, again, back to YouTube, uh, leave us a thumbs up, smiley face heart because again that puts us up in up higher in the fyp including you know 
sitting in the uh, doing stuff in the chat room that leaves us higher in the FYP. Okay. Now, I want to do one shout out and thank you to California Dad. Last night, he really got me out of a spot and I, I with a real nice donation and I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, uh, you know, I hope you're listening tonight because I can't thank you enough. Okay. Without further ado, let's bring Nancy in and get this show on the road. Oh, these glasses. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Broke some of the eardrums here. Uh, I, I don't know about the rest of you, but... I, I, I can breathe now. It's good. About what do you make reference to? Oh, I'm sorry. It's not California Dad. It's Dad California. Thank you so much, sir. I see you there. Thank you. I so appreciate what you did last night. Thank you. Dad California. Leave it to me to get it backwards, right? Dad California. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Go ahead. We need to write that down and stick it to your, your computer so he'll get acknowledged every week from now on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so during this past week, I had a couple of clients. Um, actually, for a few weeks now, it doesn't seem to end. Everybody has relationship issues. And even though I may say, I don't, I'm getting not tired of it. I know it's what makes the world go around and everybody's affected by relationships. Um, and Friday, uh, February 14th is coming up. And I told everybody that I would be doing um, relationship issues up through and maybe beyond Valentine's Day. Is it for you <laughs> to learn something? More? Am I going to talk about something to say, well, I don't want to go through uh, Valentine's Day with a partner I'm not wanting to keep. That's really going to be hard for you to decide. And I cannot address every kind of situation. So during this time, I may approach a topic that you are aware of. Maybe it's happened to you in the past, but I guess my main goal, take these off here. My main goal is for you not to suffer. Uh, speaking from experience. See, at, least, at least you can see when you take your glasses off. If I was to take mine off, you'd be like one big blob. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've enlarged the print on my Word document. Oh, I see. I see. Can I add something I here to, to what you're saying now? You what? know, guys, this is this is the holidays, and, if, you know, yeah. and me, I know from personal experience in high school and stuff, and, you know, and later on in my twenties, when the holidays got closer, the breakups would come, mm -hmm. because it would get to the point that they would actually have to show you they care or buy you something, and then they disappear like mice. So I, that's I'm not issue. sure I know what it is. Is it the middle of November that people break up like November fourteenth, yeah. and? Yeah. Uh, I, I just heard that somewhere and I thought, well, I haven't really thought about it, but probably so. I think holidays are really difficult because the family, extended family, sit around thinking, okay, they've dated a couple of years now. Are we going to be seeing a ring this year? And one or the other will be thinking, I just don't know if I want to continue this relationship. Now it's holidays. Now what am I going to do? And, and to not, I have an expression. I made this up once and it's really important. Never wound another soul and so mm -hmm. during during our lives we'll have interactions with work and friendships and you have to be at least honest or not say anything at all but being honest can be cruel so if you want to break up with somebody i gotta get onto this i gotta hold this things here talk about always admit it's your problem because that gets that other person even if you don't like the person breaking up with after finally other but if you wound that person 
down the road, if that person were to talk to me, I go, oh, you had this big wound 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. Oh, I broke up with somebody and they wounded me. So you'll hear me often say the words woundology. Um, when I enter time. What? Okay. I'm going to okay. add something here that's just my, you know, my personality coming through in here. If anybody were uh, watched the, the, the TV show The Middle, if you remember, the, 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 the older brother and his two friends started a business where they would go break up with their with the girls for the person that wanted to break up. So the guy that wanted to break up, you know, with certain girls would pay them to go to go do the breakup. And they'd bring oh, over to the girl and say, yeah. And they'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. And so towards the end, the, everybody turned on him because, of course, you know, they, they, every time they saw him come down the hallway, it was like the Grim Reaper. Oh, but, <laughs> okay, but so everybody can look that up. I, yeah, I rarely watch TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look it up on the middle reruns. But it was, it's hilarious because they're making really good money. I mean, they're, they're racking it in because these wimpy guys that don't want to So they're the breakup they're crew. It's yeah, like so the Grim Reaper. Crew. Yeah, like, yeah, like you said. Uh, that's kind of an interesting storyline, kind of an interesting business. Yeah. I can appreciate that, but it's pretty chicken. I And I tell people when you, <laughs> I think you, we need to own up to our own personal growth. And when you break right. up with somebody, just say, you know, I've given this a lot of thought. And I realized, even though you're the, a great person, I'm just not mature enough to accept a responsibility to a relationship. I really need to let you find the person that you deserve. Make it short and sweet. Don't put it on them that they're like they eat with their mouth open you and they wiggle their knee every time you sit at the table with them. Whatever it is that you can't handle. And and it's a common thought that when we date somebody, that thing that just doesn't irritate you with your notice, like mm -hmm. um, eat with your mouth open, it, it can drive you insane over the years. So make sure that partner is who you want to go old with. Uh, when I uh, got married, uh, it was a Catholic marriage. <laughs> I signed my firstborn child away and converting to Catholicism. <laughs> and uh, people just didn't divorce. And I got cancer in 87. I left my husband July 1st of 88. And during that time, I was working at a telephone company. And there was only one girl. Her name was Sharon. And she says, what are you moving for? This is my third marriage. And I've never heard of that. We didn't know anybody that had divorced. <laughs> and I found one other person. And we had probably 120 people in that one building. And uh, it was just not talked about. It was so quiet, so quiet. Yo, Zsa -Zsa. Yeah. It, it was right. And then, of course, celebrities <laughs> would take, uh, right? Celebrities, uh, Liz Burton and uh, Liz and Taylor and Richard Burton. Uh, my aunt uh, did marry eight times. But what she did, she had a, one of those old Victorian in Sacramento, and she had a lot of rooms, and she would rent the rooms out to gentlemen that she would end up marrying, and then she would, you know, the Black Widow kind of thing. But she was a lovely woman, and she would take care of them for even the years, and and then she she would get married. So I I never heard all the story, but after all these years, it was kind of a, oh, was that what she did? Getting <laughs> so I'm going to... Getting into people, you know, that after a while their habits become irritating. You know, you don't want to be yeah. with that person. I never had a lover like that, but I had a real close friend. And uh, we go to the movies, get our, uh, I would get one, you know, those giant bags of butter popcorn. Yeah. This person, I, I have OCD. I have OCD about touching, like, like, like washing dishes. I don't like to touch other people's used food. Oh, no. And you shared a popcorn. That. 
I use paper <laughs> plates. And what she would do, oh, I stopped sharing popcorn, and I'll tell you why. Which, you know, it's bad enough you run into people that double dip, you know, for at parties. This oh, one yeah. would reach it. This one would reach in the popcorn, grab a handful, shove it in her mouth, <laughs> lick her fingers, reach back into the popcorn, grab another handful. <laughs> and I I'm was sorry. like, are you <laughs> kidding me? So if you're newly dating, you would see this person as charming and wonderful. And you would think, oh, but this person is so interesting. Look at the hobbies. We have so much in common, but if they were double dipper in the popcorn and licking the fingers, after a while you would go insane. <laughs> That's a true story. I did, I, between Mar I was single 15 years before I got married, and I did have a partner that was uh, difficult to eat dinner with. And it did occur to me. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out maybe because that's not what I was looking for. But anyway, uh, I want to discuss some cases. And then I, at 15 after for a half hour, we'll discuss them. And some of the things I already mentioned is always own, even if it's their fault, that you want to break up. And for the reason of, I'm just not ready. I know you're falling in love with me, but at this time in my life to pursue this and keep with you would not be fair to you and the potential you find the mate a partner that would honor you and give you what you need that I cannot and that's the easiest fastest way to do it and you have to do it um I know people who've married and thought well we're just married for a few years it's almost like the family put them in a tight spot mm -hmm. always divorce and of course if you're in relationships where the Marriage is where the family's expecting children. And uh, that's the years that I was in. Uh, you get married, you have children. And that's what it. Um, so one case, I had a call from a lovely lady. She's in California. And she had um, had to end two relationships. And when she called, I don't see the people. I just start talking. In fact, um, I'm sorry. I, I meant to, anyway, look her up, you know, just say hi. On Facebook or something, and I forgot to do it. Uh, anyway, I described somebody because I, I I tap into the people and I want to know which person it is. So I thought I was type, tapping into the person that she saw last. And it was actually the first gentleman whom she did have a marriage. And I go, wow, I usually don't jump back far back. And then, um, then I decided, well, better look at the first, last one. And I thought, uh-oh common thread here uh oh and evidently the first man had had a relationship marriage he was very badly damaged and so his wounds were so fresh she fell in love with him they got married but they he dragged all his stuff throughout the marriage and i can't get into too many details i know you're never going to find this lady it doesn't matter but she worked so hard at trying to have this work and it just didn't so they broke up and they got divorced. And um, guess what? She met somebody else, kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden she went, oh, he had a terrible breakup too. And she realized that she hadn't not fixed the first guy, but hadn't had a res resolution to all the effort of being married and trying to fix him. And when they broke up, that stayed with her. And so her vibration, her energy uh, was calling out to someone similar. And she had the second gentleman, but they didn't get married and she did break up. I'll tell you a quick little. I did a wedding 
uh, I don't do weddings like I did because it's just too hard gasoline, just too hard. And so I, at one time I did weddings. It was a close friend and she did marry him. Years later, we were friends and she called me. It was just terrible. She was so upset. He had been unfaithful. And um, I asked her, did your mother get cheated on by your dad? She said, yes. And then she said, huh, my first and second husband also cheated on me. I saw a pattern here. <laughs> I says, in your vibration, if we could color your energy, say it's plaid. If you have plaid represented the idea that you saw your mother get cheated on by your dad, that was acceptable in your energy field. So the men that you attract to you, they would feel a sameness. Like I can go in this relationship. I fall in love with you, fall in love with me, but I'm going to cheat on, on some unknown energetic level. There was a handshake, a, a sameness. And she, uh, they did not last. Um, and so when the marriage was over, I says, you have to go to a place of accepting that you don't need to be cheated on anymore. It was a pattern established by your mother that you accepted. And she couldn't understand that. And I had explained it to her that we wear our energy fields like a tapestry. And what's in your energy field, you are now conveying that pattern out to the world. When you're looking for somebody, it's like someone who says to me, oh my gosh, this happened too many times, alcoholism. And the man comes over, it's wonderful. The woman comes over, it's just wonderful. And then they find out this person drinks all night long. Where did that come from? In, and I'm not someone who drinks at all. Neither one of my husbands. And the men I dated didn't. So my language said I would not accept somebody who did alcohol drinking. Or to excess, at least. And so my language says I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to, and you know, I've heard that expression, Indians can't drink. <laughs> so it's like my kids at holidays come around. Let's give mom a half a glass of wine and see what she does. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do that, we used to do that to the grandmother that was Indian. She wouldn't drink, but we, we'd laugh about it and say, what can we get grandma to do? <laughs> so I take after her. And uh, my son does too, even though he likes to drink. Uh, he has that tendency. Both kids now, they don't drink. But we have this invisible language around us all the time. So if you wound somebody, it, and not mean like, you just say, well, you know, you, you sit and eat with your mouth open or you double dip into the popcorn. I don't like that in my life. He would be wounded and then he would forget about it or she, either way, because I have mostly women talk to me. And then you would... Uh, he would be wounded and, and attract abusive people to him or she would because they feel like they're not good enough. See what I'm saying? So we have to be very careful with human beings because we want them to be emotionally healthy and we all have wounds. I tell people, and I'm very honest with it, uh, my father was killed when I was six. And when the par his parents came to tell my mother, uh, her only comment was, not that I love him, more, my, you know, her only comment was, I have no money. What am I going to do? And I rocked up to her and I said, don't worry, mommy. I'll take care of you. Click. And I'm a very hard worker. You know, I've never taken advantage of anybody, but I just work to death because I don't want to ever say, 
I can't do something. And that broke me forever. And crazy enough, I married my high school sweetheart. We weren't working. He wasn't working. But we were both hard, hard workers. And so that's, you know, we established ourselves and I think motivation to push us forward for different reasons. Um, my, my husband, ex-husband, uh, father was a achiever, high in the government. So he had to top him. And for me, working hard was to top my mother's stress. So we all have wounds. And, and sometimes they're so deep, we can't even know we have them. Talk to someone like me that can enter time and see this wounds. And I have found over time, which is also interesting, that a lot of our wounds that are invisible happen around between 5 and 13 years old. Yes, we can have high school drama go on. We can be 16 and 17, have a car and have problems. But we can rationalize it. We can talk about it. But when we're not old enough to rationalize, to talk about it, understand it, uh, we can be wounded. And some of the drama on TV and the cop shows and the horror, when you have little kids watching and stuff, I always wonder, 30 years are we going to have, a, is there going to be a problem? Are these people going to be afraid of the dark even at 40? You know, it's kind of interesting to kind of think of the bigger picture. So, um, uh, okay, so I've talked about the two men. And um, the negative events in these people's lives did correspond to her life, especially after the first breakup. She took the wounds that she got from him into the second relationship. And he was like the first husband. And there's an expression that says, what we can't fix in this first relationship, we will, also, we will sometimes carry over to the second one and try to fix them. And so that takes me to the second one. I'm just going to give you a few examples here. And then hopefully I'll give you some information. And if you write a note and there's something interesting in relationships that you want the next three to four weeks, write them down. I tell you, there's so many avenues that we could talk about. I mean, I could write gosh darn great big book about this but there's so many wonderful people that already have you know this is my experiences uh you can't do this for 33 years without learning a lot and then divorce myself second man had a marriage to with a lot of conflict and after talking to him uh, he married a wealthy wealthy family uh, married into a wealthy family she had money uh she was very dominant very controlling they did have children he never really lived up to what she was expecting. And in some ways, she I talked to her briefly. Um, she was more sensitive than I thought. She got hurt deeper than I realized. But in all of that, she would never own it. She wanted to be in control because in her youth, she was out of control. I don't know if her family being so successful with so much money had something to do with that. But maybe she saw the parents and grandparents with expectations and she couldn't live up to that. So it was easier for her to build a shell. Well, when he wanted uh, out of the relationship um, and divorce, she was very angry about that because it diminished her status with the rest of it. Oh, you're getting divorced. Now he's going to want a piece of the family. And she just couldn't deal with that. And he was really um, very uh, successful professional person. And even though you can see this on the outside, the wounds were so deep that when he turned around, his whole back was always bleeding because he was agonizing over. He could never satisfy this woman's goals, her asservations of what life was. And in her anger, 
she turned her children against him. And he called up one of the reasons he wanted to talk to me was because of that. And I have learned over the years, um, when you have this kind of discord in the family, you really want to touch base. Sometimes a beautiful card of I've missed you. Open it up and just write two sentences. You too, too many words you can read into it. Um, I miss having you in my life. Love you. And then sign your name. And that's all that's necessary. For him, I said, I want you to think of your daughter every day and write it down in a book, like a diary. One of these days when she does come back, because you're sending your love energy to her. Remember, you can't see it. It's like courting between me. I'll talk to Shar. I know she's going to call me. We're back and forth all the time. And other people in my life I feel very close to. And we can feel that. And I says, with love, I want you to just think of her in the most wonderful way and write a diary. And the day that she gets back in your life, you give her this with all these beautiful thoughts. He did do that. It's been a couple of years since we talked. He, she came back because she was missing him. He was thinking about her a lot. And he gave her the diary. See, just because I couldn't get a card to you or I couldn't talk to you, I, I was thinking of you every day. That's really very healing. I've, I've said that over and over the years, especially um, young couples. Uh, I'm thinking of one in particular, this young man married um, a religious lady. And because the mother wasn't in that religion, he had to convert and she pulled him away from, he, she pulled him away from his mother. Uh, this is not a client. This is a, in my family anywhere. <laughs> this is a client and it's been years. And so she didn't have access to the grandchildren. Uh, but she could, she saw on Facebook or whatever, how you connect. And so she would um, have a diary and she wrote down everything, took pictures, uh, copied them, put them together. And so she created um, a visual diary showing the kids when they would finally connect with her eventually that she never lost sight of them, that she's loved them all this time. That, that is the greatest gift that you can give to somebody. And ancestry, you know, one, two, three, um, ancestry and all these programs, you go to the trouble to find your family history out for children yet to be born. And they'll say, oh, grandma and grandpa, they spent the time to do this for us. And I'm very, um, I really like that a lot. Uh, I even did the health thing just so I give my kids something. Um, I was surprised that I wasn't, it's, you know, I've had some major things. It seems like I don't have everything else. So it was kind of nice to be able to turn that down to my family. Um, so anyway, what happened was with this young man who had this gentleman uh, who married a very successful person. He was successful also, but not what we call the highest dollar maker, right? And so they got divorced. And within a year, six months to a year, he met a lovely lady in his community. It's not where I am or in Sacramento, it's somewhere else in California. And guess what? High achiever, two or three businesses, not married. Uh, he didn't marry into a family money, but she had money and high expectations. And when I realized he talked to, talked to me again, and I thought to myself, um, he's married the same lady. And why is that? Because he was never able to to tell her or give her satisfaction. Uh, this lady has all of a sudden said to him, and he's got a great job, but there's limitations when you get a, two week, a check every two weeks. She turned to him and said, I want a million dollar home. I want you to figure out how you can make more money. You can't unless you got a second, third job. 
Well, he is looking into it, but that that demand put on him, put him in a spot. Um, so her economy, her uh, business is slower. So she's turned to him to take up the slack. All that pressure on him, he's almost that like, oh, am I going to lose her because I can't give her a million dollar home? Well, in Sacramento, a million dollar home is <laughs> Caddyshack. <laughs> so, you know, it's like it's something that was 300, 400,000 mm -hmm. 10 years ago is now a million dollars, but a million dollar house in Granite Bay or somewhere or, or better neighborhoods. So, uh, so anyway, um, I shouldn't say on the air because he could listen to this, but there has to be some changes within him to be able to stand up and talk to her and just say, as much as I love you, don't you love me enough to be able to understand that I can't do more for you? I am looking. But if you don't have the patience or you can't deal with who I am as an individual, then we're not going to work because it's going to kill him. Stress like that will kill us. And um, I, Shar is nodding her head, stress, stress. <laughs> we all have stress. But when it's not our own stress, it's worse. We, we, I create stress in my life just by being me. And I know Shar does too. We stress, we turn around, <laughs> we go in circles. But when someone's putting stress on you and you're not in control over that and you can't control it, and there's no avenues. What are you going to do? Is there any end to that? Yes, there is going to be end to that. Because either you're going to have a nervous breakdown or hell. I had another young man who had a heart attack. Let's see, he was probably about 47. Let's see, how old is he now? So it must have been eight years ago. So stress was on him. And he had a heart attack. It will kill us. So sometimes we have to figure out how we're going to live. With under the best possible way, if he's given her love and attention, adores her, falls so in love with her, well, you love somebody for who they are and what they're about. He must love a successful person, even though he is too, but a high achiever. The problem is he's, he's turned that around now and said, you have to perform better and more. So this is kind of like a, a relationship that will die unless she changes or he changes her to accept him as he is. She fell in love with them, and I tell people that break up or have problems. I rarely do couple counseling. I did with that couple uh, separately, um, and the reason is is always one couple that one other two couples that one say you're all screwed up. You're going to talk with me to somebody, and that person should never talk to people counselors because they're not going to listen. It just puts the person who put that together on the spot because after you hang up, they're going to be all mad, um, and so. Sorry, get off track again. Um, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. No, no, okay. no. I'm oh, just we want to get back. Yeah. So, so well, what I'm talking about is the wounds that we acquire from one relationship, we do carry into the other relationship. What I'm trying to point out is when the wounds are now thrown back at you, double. So we create our own anxiety, own stress. And I, I kind of like it. I, I work better under a little stress. Uh, I, hate, I hate to admit it. I'm, I, I tell people I like living a little close to the cliff. I like the, the energy. Um, I'm a high energy, not ADHD. I don't know that I am. My mother said, you're just like your dad, always creating. And so I think there's something to be said about um, self-created uh, 
it's frustration, anxiety. I kind of like it because I like the newness of, of projects and creating. But there's something to be said about the partner then turning around and going, wait a minute, you're not good enough now. I want you to perform more. And, you, and there's no way, and that could damage you even further. Uh, this is another case. Remember, I'm just going to give you some ideas, and I'm going to talk as I've been talking instead of waiting until the last minute to cover all these, give you some ideas here. This is a more difficult case. Um, this is a woman who works hard, and her husband works hard, and both of them have done very well. In their own way, they do pay attention to each other, but it's like a couple raising kids. The kids surround them. And they spend all their time with the children and they're very successful. Well, the children grow up and they may look at each other and not know if they're a good match anymore. Well, in this particular case, a woman talked to me and her husband had been unfaithful for more than 10 years. And she found out the hard way through not text, but there was a way she did find out. In fact, the, um, the husband and one of his family members, a male, uh, kind of created ways to meet women. And so it was more than just one person in the family. And I was very, very, this is very difficult, these situations. And I try to be very sensitive because who hasn't had some of this? And in some ways, I can't hurt a soul either. So I have to be very gentle. And at first I thought, I, you know, I don't want her to be hurt. I don't want anybody to be hurt. And this is devastating because you have a 30-year marriage and he's been out with other women for 10. Really? And so in some in some ways, sorry about this, in some ways it's very hard to pick up the pieces and decide what you want to do. And of course, she was looking at divorce and I said, you have to really, and this is where I got. I said, we have, you have to consider your life as you are standing, sitting, talking to me. Do you like your life, even though he's uh, not faithful? Can you have counseling? Can you take him somewhere to discern why he needs this in his life? Now, he was successful. So I'm wondering what pulled him in the direction to do that. Um, and ultimately, she accepted that he was this way, that he is now older. So she took it on to want to satisfy the idea that at midlife crisis, this is what he did. Um, whether they share a bedroom or not, I don't know. But she took it to be, I'm not giving you advice out there if you're going through the same thing. If you divorce, you are going to divorce. And a lot of people, people will stay together for economic reasons. And they live in a $3 million home, $2 million home. So she had to take that and consider, did she like her lifestyle? And actually said that if you like your lifestyle, then you're going to have to have a party in the ways can't happen. You're going to have to have a, a, a together conversation of what you're expecting of the rest of your life. If you like him as a person, not what he did, but if you like sharing a house together, you're going to have to make those kinds of choices uh, because she's older. And that was difficult and they are still together. So this did not lead to the breakup. But it came to a place where she had to be more honest with herself and this, and then the situation. Because most women I know would never stay in that relationship. But the totality of their life together was important. 
So as far as they know, he doesn't need women anymore. He needs his wife so they can retire. And they are friends, which is a very unusual ending on that level. I was just All thinking the, about the movie Cocktail. When you talk about, um, you know, I didn't the, see that relationship ending. And the quote that Tom Cruise has when he's walking away from this real wealthy lady is, relationships never end well because and I have the quote right here. Otherwise they would never end. So let's we'll say it one more time. Relationships never end well because otherwise they would never end. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Good. Good. I, mean, just I probably that. could write for a movie or one of those <laughs> soap operas. I, yeah. I have so many stories. All right. Continue. <laughs> and it's, unfortunately, there's something to be said about that. Um, I, I kind of think that relationships in the future may not be locked in stone like they are now. Um, at one time, we married it was forever. And a lot of times right. we have those situations, a couple are living together. Many uh, people have talked to me about breaking up, particularly men. Uh, most men make more money than the women. Just, innate, just the way it is in people in the 60s and 70s and beyond. In the 50s, I, I can't address some of that, but it seems like men have a really hard time divorcing when there's money. And my first husband was that way. He wouldn't want to give me anything. You, you don't, you're sick. You're going to die. You had cancer. Just leave. Leave everything here for me. And I didn't know if I was going to live. So I did pursue a divorce. Most men who get married again are resentful that they have a wife that they divorced or she divorced him and they have to give up money. So a lot of times people will stay together because it's cheapest. It's a cheaper way to live your life together. And if there's a woman on the side or she has a man on the side, that satisfies them on some level. And I've given this a lot of thought. And I think if you have children, you should raise the children. Uh, you don't want to damage them by a lot of breakups. And it's terribly upsetting for children to have their world. People come to me with children with a lot of terrible things in their life. And then I'll go back to an age at like 11, 12, 13, you know, whatever. I says, wow, when the child was 11, there was this drama in their life. It just ruined them. And the mother or father talked to me and they go, oh, my God. I go, what happened? Oh, that's the year we got divorced. I go, really? Wow. That was damaging to that child. So you have to be very careful how you pursue and say that mommy and daddy, we're just people. We're not special. We're not Superman, Marvel, super people. And we don't necessarily get along anymore. We argue a lot. And make sure you do argue in front of your family or your kids so they know you're in discord. They don't want to see that either. And if you say, you know, we're not getting along and it's not good for you. So we're going to live in different households so you can see us when we're the happiest. Make it logical. Some children, you well, we're, we're getting divorced. We're moving out tomorrow. And they look around and go, wait a minute. You just destroyed my economic level. My, I had a phone. I have a, I'm 12 years old. I have a phone. I have my own TV when I were moving. And I don't get those things now. And a lot of problems we have is because how dare you interrupt their life with that divorce, their economic level of success where they have a particular dress. Now they can't have anything anymore. It's damaging. It's very damaging. Um, and I'm not putting it on anybody. This is across the board, all the things I've talked about with my clients. Um, 
Relationships make the world go round. And thank goodness I don't know it all. And I'm always surprised at the level of respect, but responsibility that people give me. And I'll get referrals. People say, oh, you really helped this woman. She was divorced. It was terrible. So I'm going through the same thing. And I go, I have to catch my breath and go, oh, my gosh, you know, I better be good at this. You know, and I've, I've always said to people, I do the very best I can for everybody. Um, all these all these stories, and I have so many others, it's crazy, have something in common. The abused has been emotionally has the abuser has been emotionally wounded that can go back decades and they'll bury it and then there's a trigger. They have to be in control as in the fourth case. Um, so that was, um, <laughs> let's see which one was which, right? <laughs> Let me go again. They have to be in control as a fourth case, validating his self-worth because of an emotionally damaged childhood of neglect or a prior relationship where he, she was discounted, demoralized, and had a very low self-esteem. And this is pretty common stuff here. The person who is the receiver of this emotional abuse has abandonment or had been abused. Those wounds, and they see in themselves as lesser than and seek out the other person's approval and continue trying to bend to please, and oftentimes gives up their personality to that partner. And what I call that subjugating your, per your personality to the one you're trying to please. Because if you're true to yourself of who you are as a person, you should be able to accomplish and do what you want in life. And I can see that in my first marriage. I was a pleaser. I wanted him to like me. And, you know, I was superwoman. It, I came out, it almost killed me. So I came down with cancer because of the stress. So I do believe that's, that does happen. Um, can, so I want to go, this is very difficult to follow everybody. Um, so I'll say it again. The person who is a receiver of this emotional abandonment or abuse is then wounded and sees himself as lesser than and seeks out the abuser's approval and continually try to bend to please and oftentimes gives up their personality to that partner because they cannot be themselves. They want to be accepted. That's a very difficult sentence. Often we go into a relationship thinking he or she is good enough and will change them for the better. How many people do you know that's always trying to change a partner? And give them good advice. And the partner has not asked for any. I like who I am. What are you trying to tell me? And that's looked at abuse also. And when you challenge that person, well, they're just having problems. I'm going to make them better. I'm going to tell them right or wrong. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them, well, that marriage will not last. Because the one you're doing that to sees that as abuse. What's wrong with me? Aren't I good enough for you? Um, which will either drive that person away or frustrate you to the end result to also end the relationship. They say no to the situation where the abuser constantly is having to derail the partner who ends up being exhausted trying to keep up with their share of life. So they're doing all their life and they're being told how to do it differently and over because the abuser, the controller, doesn't feel good enough unless he's abusing the partner. This is almost in every relationship that doesn't work. There's always this abuse. And I think to myself, how can we fix that in life? How can we go back? I remember having children, and I said to somebody once, I didn't see the hand of God come down through the ceiling with a book. By the way, this is how to raise this child. We, it's on the job, minute to minute, day by day experience. 
Same with marriage. We have the best hours of the day in the work environment. Mm -hmm. We're exhausted. We're tired. We've been abused at work. We're stressed out. We come home and we're expected to give the partner for our lives better hours. And we can't. You got the kids running around. You got neighbor coming over. You got family calling all the time. And you're supposed to create that environment that nurtures a relationship. Is, do I have answers? I know why we have these problems. Do we set aside time just to talk? Do you visit? Well, once or twice you may say, I would love to visit. How about a glass of wine on the, or whatever you like to drink? I always say wine, but I'm not, I don't drink. Um, on the patio, watch the sunset. Even if you did it 15 minutes and say, how was your day? I love you and I just want to connect. It's really difficult. And that has nothing to do with sex. It has a lot to do with giving a hug, maybe. But intimacy is a natural phenomena that's important to everybody. If you love somebody, then that's enhanced. If you've had a terrible day at the office or you have a family member that's abusing you or a partner, the last thing you can do is get into that emotional state to have it satisfying and rewarding intimacy. Big sentences, everybody. Big sentences. Uh, in all these cases, the abuse says to me, I have spent so much time investing, investing into this relationship. It's too hard to start over, let alone find someone new. Some issues only develop over time and through the years add up. Money is combined. Families grow and grandchildren ending their relationship is not in the cards because the parents, mother and father, the ones that abuse and the other ones the recipient of that. They have grandchildren showing up. What if you divorce and the husband moves away? He doesn't get access to that children. Very, very, very difficult. I have talked about a couple of ladies who, as mother and daughter, had very unusual life forces. I spoke of them because I tapped into both of them one night at a Spirit of Grace um, Spiritualist Church, where I said to you once, I worked there 15 years. Uh, I did I did classes, I entertained on Friday nights. It was all the time. So one of those groups, it was during the week, I think, I don't think it was, it was Friday night, I can't remember. I touched them and I thought to them very early, I said to myself, oh my gosh, are they the first time here? As mother and daughter, they came together, whether it was one life prior to this or one or two, I couldn't feel what I would call the horn of plenty. I can touch somebody. And I can fall back in time and see how many lifetimes they had. I call it the horn of plenty where it will, you know, seashell where it has that spiral. I can feel that some people I go, oh, my gosh, you've been here so long. And uh, this couple could not. One day, a few years later, Marge tells me, and then Fran came into it. She says, mom's getting divorced. I go, what? And, and I went, my gosh, really? She was 83 years old, and she had put her husband into a veteran's home. He was four or five years older. So he was close to 90, or he was a little more, but he was a, a veteran. So it was, you know, put, and he had some physical problems. It was very, very difficult. And she said to me, I'm going to divorce him before he dies to let him know I've had enough of him. So 
She didn't want him to die without her resolving issues she's had in this life with him. I, I was taken back. I thought, now, if he's a veteran, she would benefit by staying married. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about uh, the last uh, last group, I think it was 2015. No, wait a minute, see, 15, uh, 2005 or six. that was the end of the time I was there with her. So she would have had years afterward of benefiting. She says, it doesn't matter. I want to live my life free of him. And if I divorce him now, he will know going into death that I don't like him. <laughs> I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, was, I thought, I can't, I can't say wrong, bad idea, bad idea. I congratulated her on her on her amazing revelation. Oh, really Fran, cool. if this is what you, okay, Fran, that's really cool. And she had her, she had divorce papers delivered to the hospital, and he had to sign them in his sickbed. Marge, if you're listening to this, I hope you chuckle. I know Fran's probably gone right now, but she would be probably in her early 80s by now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm going to finish reading this because I kind of took off the track. As the years passed and the husband had disability issues where he had to be placed in a veteran's health care facility, I had mm-hmm. often had conversation with them, and then the mother was around 83, announced to me she was getting divorced. Wow. If she waited maybe six more months, because I felt like I had five or six months left, she could benefit the survivor benefits. She stated she had wanted to divorce him for decades and wanted to know and to know she was divorcing him, even though he was dying. And then she went on to say she saw the value. She saw he valued the value and wanted to understand him to get. She didn't need him and didn't like him all these years. I thought, oh, my God, how many decades was she unhappy in the marriage? Um, and she did go on to live three more years, at least. Um, okay, so I'm trying to remember how I knew that when I was typing this up. I get typing these things up, and it's so fast. Um, three more years with the idea that she was not married to him anymore. She freed her spirit. She wanted her spirit free of what she saw as a servitude marriage. And you got to remember, if I had ended with Spirit of Grace in 2005, and she was 80s, probably five years earlier, um, or shortly thereafter, she was in the decades where women never got married, divorced. I don't remember if she ever had a career. Uh, so she was obligated to be in married. So divorcing, I don't know. I don't know the particulars, but... It was a good way for us to finish this because you can live your life with somebody you don't particularly like. And the best way to do that, and I'm trying to be balanced here. I'm trying to say you can be in an unhappy marriage. And when people come to me, we will address this. When you want to date somebody, who are you as a person? If you're in an unhappy relationship, but you don't know that you want to get divorced, redesign yourself, recreate yourself. Um, so I used to do a lot of, um, talks, groups. Oh my gosh. I was all over the Sacramento Valley, uh, California, Nevada, all the way down to San Diego, everywhere, uh, once or twice a month and East West bookstore once a month. And then spirit of grace every Friday night. Mm 
And I had a couple pairs of shoes that I liked. And I would tell people, when you put your special clothes on, get a ring. It, well, my marriage ring. But if you want to redesign yourself, create it like with a hat. I have a, a snoring cat next to me. I hope you guys. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know which one it is. Um, I would say I had some black shoes and they were pumps. And I only wore them to events. Now, of course, I replaced them. But those shoes were only for going out. I had put them on. I'd become the entertainer, the information person. And it was much easier for me to talk and present myself because I wasn't the one at home wearing clothes I wear at home. And so I would say the same in a marriage. If you want to redesign yourself, go out and get yourself something token, whether it's a ring or something that you can wear, probably a little better. And when you put that on, you are now a new person. You're going to live your life with that person, but you're going to create new hobbies, get friends, spend more time out if the kids are older. You can do that if they're younger, they involved with uh, school stuff more often. Make yourself a different person. And you can do that. And I've seen that happen in relationships. There's a couple, um, um, I don't know, that's a good example. Um, family has a lot of money. And uh, the couple did like the dynamics of the family. So you watch these shows on TV. I don't watch any of these uh, um, where you have the family. Dallas, I think, was one of them or something. And what they did was they just moved away because the family was so controlling because they knew that the money was being held over this couple's head. Mm -hmm. And they moved to Texas and bought a big branch. And it was like now they have their own kingdom without the father and the mother going like this with their hands or their heads going, oh, I've got control over you. If you don't like it, then change it. If you have to stay because you got little kids, you got to wait a few more years, whatever your excuse is to stay, because it's hard to start over, then redesign yourself. Those of us that have had divorces and you go out in the real world, you're going to find that maybe you don't know who you are. Did you subjugate and give your personality away to the partner that you had these issues with? Mine were kind of duplicate. Um, my partner, my husband was very driven in life. I was that person, but he pushed me so hard that I couldn't manage uh, life. And then I got sick. And I just knew that if I stayed, I'd, it wouldn't make me any better. I had to leave so I could live longer, which I have. And you can see God put me in here. And I had to redesign myself because I didn't know who I was. And most of us do that. Um, and even, even people, Shar uh, gave up her life for her parents. Now Shar has redesigned herself, same as a divorce, same as that. And we have to redesign ourselves every every decade. And I, I give uh, kudos to Shar, uh, Cher, uh, Sonny and Cher. She is um, a few years older, a couple of years, two or three years older than me. And I have watched her over decades. And I think that woman has recreated her so many times. I loved her and everything she's done. Um, <laughs> that scene where she slapped somebody, you love me, get over it. And it's kind of like if we could do that in our relationships, you're mistreating me, get over it. If you don't like me, then you do something about it because I'm not leaving or I am leaving and it's too bad. Because most of the time the abuser isn't aware that they are as bad as they are. A comment was made to me was, I thought I was better than my father. But that's not good enough because you were bad. And, and so with that, I've given you a lot of ins and outs. I know this could be awful. 
Some of these sentences were very difficult. Um, you can always go back, sharp, get credit if you watch it on here. Uh, mm -hmm. Take a transcript and see if some of this applies to you. And then during the next four or five weeks, this is such a big topic, I only could take the top of it. This has just um, huge, uh, let alone people who um, are widowed or people who are abandoned. And there's so many dynamics that have to happen. So I hope you got something from me tonight. Um, I'm a storyteller, so I have a lot of stories here. Shara wasn't able to see the, the room. Um, I don't know if we got all the, um, was there any questions? Um, no, just uh, comparisons with their own lives. Oh, um, if, I'm sorry, I, but uh, I think that Shara saw something that she could repeat to me. But if you have questions or you'd like me to cover something special, I'm always open to get hold of Shar and let her know to tell me. Well, um, Michelle says, well, Michelle says that um, relationships are hard, not like on TV. I grew mm -hmm. up thinking marriage was a certain way. I had a lot to learn. And then she also says, me ring. Oh, me what was ring. that? I bought myself a ring. Yep. Oh, I bought myself yep. a ring once and uh, wrote a vow to myself. Hey, that works for me. I'm, I'm sorry you said it faster than I could hear it. She bought the ring and then she what? She made a vow to herself with the ring. Perfect. That's it a works perfect for me. examples. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be uniquely yours, your yeah. personality type. Um, and we could do it with anything. Um, like I said, I had a pair of shoes. And I, I would wear them only when I go out because I stood a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Some groups I would sit, but if I'm entertaining a group of people so that I could see everybody and walk around, I'd, I'd stand. And for some reason, these, um, anyway, it doesn't really matter, but these pumps, I called them, uh, signified the work. Right, um, right. Yeah. So um, I hope I entertained you guys tonight. And like I said, I will approach some of these difficult topics the next four weeks. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And Anything as a little add-on to this, uh, Sunday, February 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific, Nancy's going to be doing relationship mm -hmm. readings for, for people that, that sign up. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's anywhere from a five to ten minute reading that you guys get. Private room. Just the people that signed up are going to be there. It's not going to be going online and be beamed out to everybody. So if that's something you like as a reading from Nancy, come on over to the California Haunts Meetup. The link to sign up for that is further down below Nancy's profile stuff. And the links are also there for the meditation club. Two, three days a week, I sit down with people and we do meditation. And it's kind of nice. We do all kinds of meditations, whether it's emotional, uh, we, we do abundance meditations, you name it, we do it. And it's, it's kind of nice. So uh, check that out as well over at the California Haunts Meetup. The link is down below Nancy's bio. Okay. I love Michelle's. I love that Michelle. And I've seen people on TV, a few women I've seen on TV who've married themselves. One lady was stood up at the altar Why not? and she said, yes, it was on a news clip. And uh, she says, they're all here. I'll just marry myself. You know what? I love that. Are you kidding? Sometimes we're our own best partner. Um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, right, I don't mind being right. single. I don't mind being single. I got more than enough to do, so I don't. It doesn't bother me. Uh, 
I'm trying to see if there's anything. Well, a lot of my friends are married and all that. And, you know, it's just like, I have more than enough to do, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) right now you're building your career. Sometimes, uh, and and people forget relationships take a lot of work. You have to give it time. As with friendships, you have to give time and build it. And sometimes, I like this one. Um, Relationships are hard, not like on TV. Um, I grew up thinking marriage was a certain way. I had a lot to learn. Absolutely. Um, Just to make you laugh, we were young. My ex-husband and I, we dated all through high school. Yeah, I was 15 and a half. He was 16 and a half. And when we married, the one thing my mother never did for us was teach me how to cook. I had no idea. It was a terrible. People know I don't spend time in the kitchen. <laughs> I, I cook very, very little. When I was married, I had to learn to be able to feed kids. But um, our, it wasn't something I, I came by naturally, easily. Um, but marriage on TV has, I, I don't see that in real life. The screaming and yelling and throwing things around the house, maybe, but not the people I talk to, not, mm-hmm. not all of them. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a quiet, resolved, uh, somber, um, in my own, your own head type of stuff that I'm hearing that people are afraid to admit that they're unhappy and their partner is a good person, but they don't like him anymore for a lot of different reasons. It's pretty hard. Yep. I do feel like people should be committed. Hmm? Along the line of cooking for you, I read something online. You know how I am when I do my dive is in Google. And (laughs) there's a saying that caught my eye because to me, this is the truth. Air fryers, if you have them, are are easy bake ovens for adults. (laughs) And I got one too. Yeah. They're easy bake ovens. You know, you can make cakes in those things. I I don't, but I I I've, did try seen... um, fish cod, uh, and they you can buy it seasoned a little bit. Yeah. And I, I was able to. I did. Ha- I, I was married twenty one years, so I did cook a lot, but yeah. it wasn't like a big variety. My ex husband came from a household where they had the same thing Monday, the same thing Tuesday, same thing <laughs> Thursday. I've done so, a lot of air fryer. I've done fried zucchini. You know, just about anything you can think of. Is that right? Fried. Okay. I've done it with the air dryer. Yeah, with air dryer, air dryer. Oh my God! Yeah, the air, the air fryer. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I love my air fryer, and I agree with the statement. It's like the easy bake oven for adults because I've seen people make cakes in there. I haven't tried I, that yet. I can't imagine. Well, I guess if they can do it, it can be done. Yeah. Maybe it's like a confection oven, you know, because it heats up so much and it rotates uh-huh. around. Very that good idea. Yeah. Maybe, hey guys, yeah. maybe I'll do that. I saw somebody make an Oreo cake in their air fryer on TikTok. Should that, that be the next one I do? Because I did the peanut butter cookies. They, uh, from what I understand, YouTube, some <laughs> yeah. of the shows that are watched the most. And Bridget on the East Coast, get going. She had a show, she says, cooking in your pajamas. And you know, I really like that. I saw her cooking some, uh, I'm not a pastry or cookie person. So there's a lot of uh, that kind of cooking. Yeah. Um, she did some of that. I just want to know the different kind of thing. But I do enjoy it. It's very seems to be very relaxing when she. And so I heard it's very, very popular is cooking. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Dad California says his air fryer, his rice cooker, he couldn't live without them. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. I love that. <laughs> think of the guy that invented the air fryer. Whoever that is is going to have wings when he goes to heaven because he's a saint. A lot of good brownie points, yes. It's, like the, the, it's like the person that, that, that invented the wet jet. That person's got good brownie points going on, you know? But, uh, yeah, I can't live without my air fryer. I'll tell you that right now. I make my French fries. You name it. Hamburgers. I just apartment barbecue hamburgers. You name it. Everything goes in there. Ribs. Yeah. Uh, my husband really likes his rice cooker. And yeah. he can, he cooks rice really good. Um, yeah. I'm supposed to be watching the starches and the carbohydrates. So I'm yeah. trying to cut back on that. But yeah. when he does the rice, I go, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've had fun tonight. I hope you kids learned something from me. I, oh, I the agree. microwave. Absolutely. I agree with Marisa, too. Absolutely. Couldn't live without the air fryer and the microwave. You got to be in a house that has good power, too, because my house is old. So in order for me to cook, I have to either use the air fryer first and then the microwave or vice versa. Oh, Otherwise, I hadn't thought of that. I'll blow the kitchen up. <laughs> uh, and and I used to use a crock pot when I was oh, yeah, my mom did. My mom, In fact, I still have them back in my... Uh, storage room back there the crock pot yeah so remember i got divorced in 88 so in those 21 years i did use a crock pot a lot it was very popular then and yeah. uh we had a house built and we did have a gen air microwave and it was two feet by three feet type of thing it was huge and so i had the benefit of a microwave my kids say they'll never eat they never ate fish again after <laughs> <laughs> After they moved away, it was a, oh, a microwave fish. Nah, there's certain things that microwave can and cannot do, and that's why that is why God or whoever invented the air fryer to make up for the uh, make up for the things the microwave can't do. Because you know, if you do fish in your air fryer, it turns out really good. Yeah, I will. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, anything that you can't that get browned or cooked properly in the microwave, put it in the air fryer. Works like a charm. I've done it all. All right, Michelle, ha- have a good weekend also. Thank you for the comments. I had a, good, a couple of good chuckles in there. So we had a, a serious talk tonight, but we ended up yes. with cooking. I love Just it. Throwing cooking around. <laughs> I'm about to do one, you guys, for, for TikTok, but for you guys as well. I saw this really cool thing with Jolly Ranchers. And if you melt the Jolly Ranchers down, you use a straw. You can make Jolly Rancher balloons out of it. Um, pulled pork in a crock pot. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Um, I, just in my family tea, evidently, because oh, I yeah. have, I can't eat the meats now. I have to go stay away from um, that kind of stuff, too. Yum, 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 yum. Yeah. But the crock pot, yes. Or pulled uh, pork. I don't mind the crock pot. I'm not a stew person because my mother made stew all the time. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We like And I hated beans. to have to chew it. Yeah. No, just it's just beef stew. And, it, it, and and they would always get that real tough those chunks of beef. And it used to drive me nuts <laughs> as a kid. I think that's where I got this thing where I don't like to chew my food more than I have to. Because oh, forever, I, didn't know. Forever, I was forever chomping down on those beef. I mean, they were giving <laughs> cheese, you know? I need, I need canines from the, you know, borrow the dog's teeth to eat them. But yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'm you sorry. Know, so, yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow, I just may do a pop-up surprise tomorrow evening. I discovered that my friend Monica, uh, the year before, this Christmas before she died, gave me mm. a, a, a plastic model of the Millennium Falcon. Mm. So that might be the next project that I'm going to be doing live on camera in, in the other studio. I'll go and get paints and get what I need for it, and uh, we'll build a Millennium Falcon together. 
So uh, that That's might be fun. a good project to do, you know. Okay, so Sunday I'll be back. I do have a um, at three thirty. If you guys want to join me, uh, uh, join join me and Michelle. I do have a meditation class at three thirty p.m. Pacific, and there's also one at seven forty-five p.m. Pacific on Sunday night. And then between six and seven, I'm going to be reading from the book, uh, the Kipling book, uh, the Man Who Will Be King. And hmm. uh, I don't know. We, we might finish it, uh, you know, sometime at that point. Then, I'll, then we'll start another book, obviously. And then Monday, listen to this. We have guests now, and so Courtney McInvale is going to be with us Monday, and we are going to learn all about ghosts of the Civil War. Oh, and the battlefields and all that. So we're going to be talking to her about that on Monday. You okay. know, I, I I deal with ghosts so often, but yet look how many ghost stories there are of Gettysburg and the battlefields. Oh yeah. I Absolutely. just would still want to go. I'd probably stand there and go, what are you still doing? <laughs> I think got- one of my, before we sign off, I think one of my favorite ones is a gal that um, had a pickup truck and the reenactors <laughs> to help the, the, to help the reenactors, right? She would okay. pick them up to take them out to the battlefield and she picked oh. them up to, to take them, to, to take them back to their hotel. Well, she was, she, she thought she was done for the night and she's driving back to town and she looks back there and there's like four guys sitting back there. Oh my goodness! And then it dawns on her that she she had dropped the last guy off like to, like fifteen minutes earlier. So, so how would the she, Civil War people understand what a truck was? They just got in. It looks like a wagon to them. I don't know. They got in. Maybe they were watching the reenactment. That's today. a good story. That would be. You know? That would. And then as she drove on, even she, bother me. <laughs> yeah, she she pulled over a little ways up, got out, and nobody was back there. That's what I like. I like the stories. Looking in yeah. your rearview mirror and oh my god, what, what is that? You know, so mm-hmm. and Nancy sent me a video of what looks like a ghost by a road. I'm gonna be checking that one out and studying it. And I'll give you guys my review on that one, whether it's a got That's, ghost or not got ghost. So I'll do my this review. one's really good chart. I mean, everybody, because yeah. it you can see the individual walking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm I, I love let that. you guys know in my opinion whether it's a got ghost or I don't uh. think so. Okay, guys, All right. I will see you. I'm, Nancy, we'll see you next Friday. Uh, same time, same place. But I will see you guys next on Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific for the last of the Kipling book. And then again on Monday. All right. All right, if everybody. You, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are always equal opportunity here, trying to build up our numbers on Facebook and YouTube. So that would be great if you could find it in your heart to share it. Otherwise. I'm going to give you, I'm going to show you Nancy's information, contact, and don't forget to go over to Nancy's YouTube page. We want to get Nancy going on her YouTube page. It's all free. Find Nancy over there. Subscribe, guys. And she's going to be starting up her own gig, too. So that's coming up. All right, here we go. Let me get Nancy's information, and off we go. You got websites, nancymats.com. It's all lowercase. Nancymatsauthor.com. The N and the M and the A are capped. And you got youtube.com forward slash Nancy Matt Psychic. The N, the P, and the M are all capped. Nancy's got books out. Help, get me out of this funk. And my chair is squeaking and I got to fix it. Okay. Two worlds, developing your psychic skills. And, of course, The Unwilling Sacrifice. Definitely to fix this chair again. 
And of course, you can get those at Amazon. Okay, guys, I might see you guys tomorrow evening. Be on the lookout because you never know what I'm going to do. So uh, <laughs> I, just might, uh, I just might do an extra live tomorrow evening. But thank you guys so much for coming tonight. If I don't see you tomorrow evening, then I'll see you Sunday when I read the book. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night, everybody.